whether you're self-employed or an employee has significant consequences for you from a legal perspective, from a taxation perspective, from many perspectives. Hey, it's Terry Gorry, and this is the Irish Law and Small Business Podcast. I'm going to take a look at the very important question of whether a person is an employee or whether they are self-employed, i.e. an independent contractor. The status of the individual is very important when it comes to social welfare benefits, when it comes to employment law, when it comes to taxation, revenue commissioners. Clearly, you cannot bring a claim, for example, for unfair dismissal if you are not actually an employee. So you must be an employee. If you're self-employed, an independent contractor, well then the question of unfair dismissal doesn't arise because the case won't be heard. There's a new code of practice there published in July 2021. The code of practice is something that will be useful in terms of trying to determine whether a person is an employee or self-employed. Different statutory bodies, though, have different views about particular circumstances. And the decision of one body, for example, the WRC, is not binding on the revenue commissioners and vice versa. There's five tests, essentially, to look at in terms of determining whether a person is self-employed or an employee. The first one, in no particular order, is mutuality of obligation. Mutuality of obligation means that if I'm an employer or a so-called employer and I say to you, I'll give you a contract, but five tests, mutuality of obligation is one of the tests. In other words, is each of the parties obliged to do something for the other party? In other words, is the employer obliged to give employee hours or the worker hours? And if he does, is the worker obliged to do them? So if the employer says, look, I've 10 hours this week or 15 hours this week, do you want to do them? And the employee says, no, I have something better to do. Then the worker says that. Then there's no mutuality of obligation. And it's likely then that that worker is not an employee, but is a self-employed contractor. Another test is substitution. If the worker cannot get or cannot work, can he get a substitute to step in for him? Or if he can get a substitute, or if there is a substitute, who's supposed to get it? Is it the employer or the business owner or the so-called employee? Who pays the substitute? Is it the so-called employee or is it the employer? Third test is the enterprise test. To what extent can the worker benefit from his skill in enterprise? Does the worker take risk in terms of uh, losses? Does the worker gain from making profits or does the worker get the same amount of money all the time regardless of success or failure? If the employee or if the worker gets the same amount of money all the time, that would indicate not that he's self-employed or an independent contractor, but that he is an employee. Fourth test is the integration test. Has the worker become part of the business? Is she integrated? Or is she doing work that's peripheral to the business? Fifth test is a control test. To what extent is the worker controlled by the company? 
does the worker have to request holidays? Does the worker have to any choice over the type of work he or she does or when he or she does it? That's the degree of control. The question of the degree of control over the worker by the employer or so-called employer or by the business. So those five tests, those broad tests, five tests will give some guidance in determining the issue, will give good guidance. Then you can look at the characteristics of an employee. The code of practice that I'm referring to, the one published in July 2021, sets out certain characteristics of an employee and employer. For example, an employee will only supply labour, receives a fixed wage generally, cannot subcontract the work, does not carry any financial risk, does not supply equipment, works for one business, doesn't have other clients, works set hours which are set by the employer. These characteristics must be characteristics must be taken in the round and do not determine the issue either because all of these facts will be looked at in the factual matrix when a decision is going to be made as to whether the employee or the worker is an employee or self-employed contractor. Characteristics then of self-employment would be owning the business, taking risk and rewards, profits and losses. He, the worker or she, has control over what she does, when she does it. She might have more than one client or probably will have more than one client. Is free to hire and fire other employees. Takes responsibility for her own tax affairs and tax affairs are an important factor because an employee tax affairs are looked after by the employer whereas a self-employed person looks after their own tax affairs. That's important. Employment or self-employment rather will provide uh, materials and equipment. A self-employed person will often supply materials and equipment themselves. self-employed person can take work or refuse it. They might have a fixed place of business where equipment, vehicles are stored. They take their own time off, they set their own holidays, they can get in substitutes, they don't have to ask for consent to go on holidays and so on. They will be characteristics of self-employment. Why is the status important? For all sorts of reasons, tax reasons, social welfare reasons, employment reasons. As I said at the outset, you can't bring a claim for unfair dismissal if you're not an employee. If you're self-employed, it's simply a termination of contract and that's it. A contract between two independent contractors, two independent entities, no employer-employee relationship, that's it, it's over. Whereas if it is an employer-employee relationship, the employee has the full range of statutory protections under the Unfair Dismissals Act, Organisation of Working Time Act, Payment of Wages Act, Transfer of Undertakings and so on. So the fact of or the status of the person involved doing the work is of critical importance from a number of different perspectives. Hope you find this uh, useful. Thanks a lot for listening and don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode.